Hi, just before we get going with the show, this is episode two of an interview that I started with Rachel Davis from Hawley. Um, if you haven't listened to episode one, you might want to check that out first so that this episode makes sense. Bye. But looking at the women in sport and, you know, this girl can and stuff, I mean, they've done some amazing marketing. Like, you just look oh, yeah. at those campaigns and you're just like, wow. Like, and they've just made it look so exciting. And, you know, like, yeah, and just taking a lot of kind of the reasons why women were avoiding sport and taking them, you know, taking those reasons head on and, and tackling them. And you're just like, yeah. this is really good. And they've made it inside, exciting, invigorating, and, you know. Yeah. Some of the best ads across the piece, you know. Yeah, fantastic exist. and gritty and, and yes. yeah, really, really <laughs> good. I mean, I think that's um, – we could learn a lot from that in our industry because what's to say a career in the built environment could not provide uh, – let's stick with the young women um, uh, profile. You know, mm. it's a career where you you can travel the world. It's a career where you can make a difference to everyday people's lives. It's a career where you can shape where people live and play and work. Yeah. It's a career where you can help uh, with climate, with demographics, with old age, with sexism, with security. I mean, it touches all of people's lives. So why can't we speak about it in a much more exciting way? And I think there's a lot we could learn from how sports yeah. have done it. Yeah, definitely. And I think the thing that's it is is just, yeah, we've got to find a way of making it look, you know, actually show how amazingly exciting it is because I think a lot of people don't realise it exists as a career, let alone. Yeah, <laughs> let alone, yeah. Let alone it's something you're going to want to join, you know. <laughs> don't want to get dirty. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so... So are there particular kind of campaigns and what's the, what's the kind of latest big thought leadership or areas you're looking at at the moment, what themes are, climate change is obviously one of them, as everyone yeah. has to. Yeah, lots on climate change. In fact, we're, we're just working now with our friends over in Tetra Tech. So um, the audience might not know that Hawley was acquired by Tetra Tech um, two years ago now, I think. So we're part of this yeah. bigger family. Um, and Tetra Tech are really big. There's about 27,000 people uh, worldwide. So we just begin to work with, um, our partners in Tech Tech are in what we call the High Performance Buildings Group, and we're looking at creating an ESG um, thought leadership piece, which will not necessarily respond, but it will time with the big COP conference. Um, so we're probably be looking to go, yeah, in in Jan uh, January 2024 with that. But that's bringing the global expertise. Um, together to talk about ESG, which is another subject matter that's it's just slowly being politicised at a time when it's the last thing it we were really, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. I, I still can't get over the fact that 15 minute, 15 minute cities was politicised. I was like, we just oh, need yes. to go to doctors. I was just like, I understand that. <laughs> that was that lady who was on The Apprentice, wasn't it? I've forgotten her name. There were a couple of people, but there was also like, there's been like people campaigning against it. And you're like, but it just means you can walk everywhere and get what you need really quickly. Yeah, you wonder how That's... these things get misinterpreted. <laughs> Don't no, you? that was one where I was like, I understand. <laughs> oh, they're taking over. It's like, yeah. just because you can walk stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Strong, no, some weird conspiracy theorists. 
to uh, yeah, and the whole thing about net zero and whether or not you know, oh, let's just kick it into the long grass. You're like, don't do that. There won't be any long grass unless we focus no. on it. No, no, no. <laughs> kick it into long grass. No, need no more long grass. <laughs> need some greenery. Yeah, um, that's for sure. So you also do your own kind of, I saw you did like a big event, like Designing the Future Conference, which I saw, which looks amazing as well, which you did in May. What was that about? Tell us about that. Yeah, Designing the Future is a um, particular love of mine. It's one of the highlights of the year. Um, I don't know if you remember the Christmas lectures from the Royal Institute. Um, yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. So as a child, I used to watch the uh, Christmas lectures. Um, and they were really the inspiration for designing the future. Um, yeah. The Royal Institute, I don't know if you've ever been, is an amazing, amazing building. And um, the theatre that they have there um, is, well, it's petrifying because it's so intense. It's like a cauldron. Everyone is, you can see the whites of everyone's eyes. You're on a flat stage. <laughs> yeah. And it's quite intimidating. But it was designed to be a space where people would demonstrate their products and innovations to a, to an audience and the audience yeah. would be able to ask them. And, and so everything is honed in down on the speaker, not on a lovely plasma screen where PowerPoint slides can reside. Um, it's, not, on the, yeah. it's right on the person. And so we, um, we try and bring together um, five or six speakers and a really interesting host and they have eight minutes to give a little nice. um, thought-provoking talk on something that has relevance to the built environment, but doesn't necessarily have to be led from a, a built environment point of view. But should there's things that we should be thinking about, um, not pie-in-the-sky stuff that's probably never going to happen, but things that are maybe two, three, four years ahead of us that we yeah. ought to make some time to to think about so we we um this year we had amal rajan hosting he was absolutely brilliant what what a what a great guy he was fun yeah. uh he was on top of it you know just sharp i was gonna say he's really fast as well <laughs> isn't he? yeah 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 um <laughs> and then we had all sorts of different talks and we also had some actors coming in which scared the living bejesus out of everybody and uh we it was great it was great fun it's kind of like, I guess in a way, I'm going to say it's like your own TED Talks in a way. Like, do you know what I mean? It's that kind of small. Yes. Oh, I mean, they're not small, but it is that kind of. Yeah, that kind like, of thing. But with yeah. participation from the audience. Lovely. Great all concept, crazy really experiments. Nice. So we've blown and up. Do you do them every year or is that an annual thing you do or is it? Yes, annually. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. we're planning for next year's events um, at the that moment. Cool. That sounds very, very cool. You have to come along. This is so cool. I think it's just expanding. It's expanding your horizons again, right? I think because the industry gets so insular, right? And so kind of like, oh, I'm going to do this and look, such and such is doing that. Let's just do exactly the same thing. So Mm. the fact that you're going to try different things, I think is really lovely. We we don't have a good track record, maybe. We're behind in digitalization. We're behind on climate and we're a big cause of climate change that the industry yeah. could do with getting some different perspectives. Absolutely. So you, you do have a podcast. I'm going to ask a bit about that because I love podcasts, obviously. So um, how did it come about and and how do you do it? What what, what sort of guests are you going to? Mm. Well, the podcast, like probably hundreds of other companies up and down the country, <laughs> uh, came about 
in lockdown um, yeah. because we, you know, like everyone, the world was turned on its head and some of the more traditional routes to getting in touch with people or connecting with them um, had just disappeared or just made them a lot harder. So I'm a parent, you're a parent, no school, juggling work, you know, just needed to provide content in a in a way that people could consume it whenever they liked so it could yeah. su- suit their schedule, you, you know, suit their schedules and um, do something a little bit different. So that's where it sort of um, came from, really. And a bit like uh, Designing the Future, the event, and a bit like our client magazine, we try and get guests on who have... Um, something interesting to say that's related to the built environment. Very rarely are they a client. It's not a salesy thing. It's a discussion with someone who's got something interesting. So it's actually to say. something you're really interested in. Let's let's have a discussion about it. I like that. It's nice. Yeah. We've had all, all, all sorts of people on there. Uh, memorable ones include um, NASA astronauts who um, were talking about when you you're up in space and you look back at the earth that you just immediately become sort of a an advocate for sustainability and you see the whole world oh, wow. in a different perspective that was really awesome we've had people from um Pinewood studios we've had um people from uh later living sector we've had um, yeah. people from you know academics who are doing something really interesting and cool we had a guy from a firm called gravitricity who look at gravity as a renewable source of energy so all that's really interesting <laughs> yeah yeah that's seriously so, out there i'll be like oh <laughs> yeah so it's it, again it's just an interesting listen um yeah. to do in your own time i mean you'll know better than most you've got to have a bit of discipline haven't you about podcasting oh, yeah. in the sense that you've got to have a st- steady stream um and you've got to keep on top of your quality and, and and giving you know your listeners what they're after so certainly you know they're hard work we 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 it was another thing added into our marketing mix it's a slow um, burn as well people seem to suddenly yeah. think oh you're gonna go and you're gonna get like it's like, no, because actually there's only about this amount of people that actually listen to podcasts actively. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's much more about tapping into that than it is bringing in your existing market or, or, or target audience in, because it's like there's like, not everyone listens to them. No, I, I'm not, you know, a, a format for me, it wouldn't be my first choice either. No. You know, I prefer exactly. to read, for example. So I'd rather take a long read rather than listen. Um, so, no, it's... It's hard work, as you say. Slow burn is a good way to describe it. I think um, we'll we're still going because we're still lots of interesting people, and it's a good vehicle to hear from those people. That yeah. you know, it, it's just you can get into a bit more detail, and you can get a sense of the person who's who you're talking to, rather than sort exactly. of okay. Yeah. So we keep going, um, and we, <laughs> we, we'll. Hit that breakthrough, uh, you know, viral moment, I'm sure. it's Io here and as you're a listener to the show I just wanted to tell you a bit more about how I can help you get your built environment marketing done 
if you're looking to set up a company podcast or trying to figure out what content you want to create for an amazing campaign that really engages your audience, or even if you want to get your business more up to speed in terms of how they approach digital marketing and how you get kind of senior level people on board with workshops and training, then do bear me in mind. I'm actually a marketing consultant, content creator and trainer, but I work specifically with built environment firms just like yours. So I know the best practice and approaches, but also most importantly, how to apply them to our sector. You can find out more about my work at abassmarketing.com or feel free to email me at io, which is A-Y-O, at abassmarketing.com. There's also links in the show notes too. Thanks for listening and now back to the show. I don't, I don't think I've ever had a viral moment. <laughs> <laughs> Not really with regard to the podcast, anyway. <laughs> it's like I've, I've dropped mics, I've done all this kind of stuff. It's never really worked, no. I sort of say to people, it's like, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I'm like, well, actually, if I get like 400 downloads a month overall for the whole series, I'm like, but that's like 400 people who have me in their ears. That's quite a lot. That's, that's really that's good, quite isn't a it? Lot. Exactly. Yeah. And then you kind of think about it. You're like, oh, it's not thousands. You're like, actually, mm. do I need that? And and what? Yeah, yeah I think that. And also, I think podcasts are one of those things where people come up to you, and go, oh, I listen, and like you don't realize, and they come up to you and they have start having conversations, and it's just it's another channel, isn't it? And yeah. I guess it's just understanding that we all consume content yeah, in, in a different, different way. way. Yeah, I, I love listening. Um, but yeah, but then it can feed into all your other content channels anyway because you've got you've got them all as well mm. so do you so one more question do you like because you produce a lot of high quality content across the piece do you, is it done in-house or do you work with consultants what's your what's your mix or agencies yeah I mean vast proportion of it is in-house um wow uh, and that probably explains the size of the team um yeah. because you know we've got people who who can write who can um design uh who can uh, animate um, who can strategize? Yeah, you know we've got nice. and communications professionals. So we've got the mix internally, which um, I know some people would never look at that model, um, but it it works really well for us. Um, you know, thinking back to the rebrand, for example, Mr. Bees had done a brilliant job in creating all the branding assets that needed to be used, but there was only one graphic designer at Hall Lee. There was no way we could implement a graphics-led branding piece with one designer. And there's also no way that we could work on a job-by-job basis with Mr. Bees because I would have bankrupted uh, Hall Lee within about a month. So that, that... you know that didn't work. Um, it didn't work very well for us. Um, some things we do outsource where we haven't got the skills. So in yeah. one of the thought leadership pieces, um, we work with an illustrator, Andy Council, who's a Bristol guy, and he yeah. we chose him one because we loved his style, but two he also has done some murals in hospitals. So he, you know, he was a, just a good relevant illustrator right. match. Yeah, um, and we also work with um, a firm. Can I name them? Probably okay, isn't it? Uh, yeah. We work with a firm called um, Longitude, who have um, helped us in the editorial sense and in the interviewing sense of getting to clients, contributors, influencers, sponsors who we want to talk to about the thought leadership. So they they've helped us with with that. But for the yeah. most part, we do do it ourselves. 
And I think uh, that's you know, a good team. That's good. Yeah, yeah we understand the business. Um, you know, we know some of the things that can be um, successful. Some of the things where we would get pushed back, and why and where. So yeah. yeah, it works. It works for us. Fantastic. Okay, my last question. So, what do you see as the biggest challenge for basic marketers at the moment? Well, I think if I focus on our industry for a minute. I think there's still not enough marketeers at the top table. So I don't think they have as much influence as they should. And I think that's going to be um, an important step change um, for built environment. Interestingly enough, my team and I were looking at what could awards could the team, the marketing team enter in the industry. There's not a single award category in any of the big industry awards that pick out good marketing. Really? Can you name one? Can you think of one? No, the only awards are separate ones. So I thought, well, that in itself tells you an interesting uh, story, doesn't it? The value of marketing in the construction industry. So I think that's, you know, that's quite a... A, a small, uh, a, a sm- uh, not small, it's a big <laughs> challenge, but it's, uh, you know, it's very specific. Um, no, no, we're, we're just not, seen that way. we're just not, we're not seen as, we're not seen as top table. We're an expense, that's what they see as, that's, that's, that's it, rather than a value add, aren't we? Uh, often that's the case. I mean, I, I have to say that the Hawley leadership have been very supportive here of marketing, hence I've got 15 yeah. people. Um, and, um, but, I know that's not the case everywhere. And, um, you know, one of the big challenges that, and we've touched on this in terms of the STEAM, STEM recruitment uh, struggle will be how we elevate this industry to attract really good people and retain really good good people as skills sort of blur, don't they, you know. Um, so we want to keep really good people with us so there's definitely a big communications challenge and a marketing challenge for all of us and then more generally I think obviously economic situation is um, maybe a little bit um, flat and so we've all got to respond um, to that accordingly but hopefully certainly for us it's going to be quality over quantity um, every day of the week and um i'd say there's probably some more usual things that you probably hear um all the time what's ai oh, gonna good. do etc etc but oh, I think, that's the next thing <laughs> well yeah i mean I'll, I'll stick with those two though <laughs> no no the ai thing is such an interesting one it's it's one of those where i, I do want to do a full show on it because it's like actually I mean, but I mean, it could take a lot of the repetitive stuff away. And I think, like we say, you know, there's a whole process aspect of what we do that isn't probably up to speed as, as in terms of operation, operationally, right? I don't yeah. think it's that. But then, yeah, then there is, yeah, but there is some yeah. really bad content coming out of AI as well. Where you're like, oh, oh there is. Yeah, it's good, it's good fun because <laughs> you can spot it a mile off, can't you? But... I, didn't know. I thought that was really weird. <laughs> read really yeah. strangely. It's like, oh, I did an AI. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that'll be it then yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's, it's certainly going to be interesting but again I think it's just how you work with it um yeah, yeah. nothing's going to replace the human 
creativity no. and spark and, and that idea piece when you bring people together that's the magic of what your team does and that's that's not ai that's those conversations of actually no and you know yeah. that, that's how you get the, the amazing pieces of content isn't it absolutely ai would never have said let's let's illustrate a robot on its knees as if it was a hospital that that would no. never come out of ai <laughs> that only comes out of a crazy human person's head crazy human person's head um, <laughs> note let's uh let's finish the interview there thank you so much for coming on the show rachel thank you it's been a pleasure thanks so much for listening to the built environment marketing show don't forget to check out the show notes which will have useful links and resources connected to this episode you can find that on abassmarketing.com And of course, if you like the show, please do share it with others on social as it helps more people to find us. See you soon.